This is the Colonel Rad Alert. Civil defense information will be broadcast at 640. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Y2K. How can we prepare? Stop a few of their machines and radios. Throw them into darkness for a few hours. We are fighting for our lives. My family must survive. Over five years, thousand gallons of gas, air filtration, water filtration. Coming at you from the frozen tundra that is East Central Alberta, Canada. Streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Rumble, and Odyssey. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. I am Toolman Tim. Today is July the 17th, 2023, and this is episode 339 of Workshop Radio. Well, how is everyone out there? This is a very strange Monday evening. See Byron Roberts out there. Great to have you. In just a minute, we're going to bring Jake from Ravenwood Acres on. He's going to talk about a pretty cool topic uh, mesh networks and off-grid comms, always a match made in heaven. Every time we talk about comms, people get excited. It's the funniest thing. You would think it would be a boring topic, and it never is. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to learn. I've intentionally not brushed up on this topic at all, so Jake can be my teacher tonight, so it should be a lot of fun. But real quick, let's get our announcements out of the way, and we'll bring Jake on. First off, since this is technically our Sunday evening show, even though it's Monday evening, uh, do not forget Ms. Uh, Ms. Mrs. Mrs. Amy Dingman. There we go. She might not like me calling her Mrs., but Amy Dingman from uh, Farmer's Kind of Life. She has the Farmer's Kind of Life podcast. A good friend of mine just released a book about getting shit done. Her latest podcast is the On the Illusion of Control. It says something along the lines of being a control freak doesn't always look like what you think it looks like. And Amy has shortened up her podcast lately. So if you're looking for uh, bite-sized pieces of motivation with a smile, but truth all wrapped up into a small little package, then check out Amy. Add her to your podcast. She was good enough to sponsor the workshop early on, and we really appreciate her for us. So link is in the description below. Number two, guys, just added last month's patch of the month to the merch store. It is now live. The Shopify link is in the description tonight. Uh, it's kind of cool. I, I love having it set up now. I know uh, some other people have. A couple different people have taken advantage of the silver. There are two sets of silver left in the merch store. So first two people that get them, they are gone, and there will be no more Workshop 2023 silver, at least Toolman Tim's Workshop logo. That's the last two. And finally, guys, I was actually just talking to Rick from Prepper Camp before I went live. Early bird tickets are going to be on price until August 15th, working hard to get Rick to come back on the show. This year, it's the 10th anniversary in North Carolina. I'm going to be there speaking on repairedness again. I'm rather stoked about that. If you guys are anywhere within a day's drive of Saluda, North Carolina, take some serious consideration and think about coming because I love that event. It is the largest outdoor preparedness festival, expo, insert, descriptor, right there, and uh, you will not be disappointed. I love it. So with that, guys, we uh, blasted through this evening's announcement. So give me one second. And there is Brother Jake, and I got him on mute. There we go. Let's stop being mean to him. How are you, Jake? Great. How are you? Not bad at all. So this is, is this your second appearance yep. on the show? Second appearance, other than that community uh, spotlight. Yeah, spotlight yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it was one of the, that was a short lived. I enjoyed doing it, but uh, mm-hmm. once we get into the podcast, it was kind of more fun to bring people on and have a nice long chat with them, you know? Absolutely. Right on. So, Farm, uh, I was going to, oh my goodness, what a night. We're going we're gonna to start this off again. Ravenwood Acres. I almost called you Farmer's Kind of Life. What a night. Yeah, so. Not quite. <laughs> you want to give us the uh, the elevator pitch of your story, Jake, since you were on before? Let us know who you are. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, um, so I'm 21 year Army veteran or soon to be veteran, I guess, getting ready to get out here uh, coming up in September. I've uh, worked in aviation my whole Army career. Uh, and, um, and 2016 though, uh, we, we've spent quite a bit of time in Washington, but we, it's our second time back in Washington and, uh, we purchased uh, a home on five acres and we kind of started the homesteading part of our channel. And that's kind of where Ravenwood acres come. That's what we call the property. Uh, we do kind of everything here. Um, you know, obviously my Coleman series is really popular, old Coleman lanterns and other Coleman products. And then, um, but I'm. The key thing is I'm passionate about uh, is preparedness period. And because um, I I am a uh, licensed amateur radio operator, but haven't always been, uh, communications is something I focus on. And then, of course, homesteading kind of those those are this year's kind of primary focus for us. So you did a you did a pretty good, I, I would say, a very deep dive series on your YouTube channel on comms a little while ago, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it's I think nine part series kind of ecoms or mcoms, emergency communications, um, and kind of covering all the different bases uh, of different things. And I've always recognized the the licensing part is usually where uh, people hit that barrier where they don't want to pass that. They they know they need some sort of alternate source of communication other than their cell phone, but. Um, when it comes to the licensing part, they usually hit the barrier. And until recently, my probably number one recommendation was GRMS. So, um, oh, so I think there's a caveat in there. He says until recently. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. you know, without giving away the spoiler, I'm gonna guess yeah. that uh, this evening's topic has a little bit to do with what may have replaced GMRS. Yes, it does. So I like that. Very cool. Very cool. I, I got a question for you, and I don't know if I asked you this last time. But where did Ravenwood Acres come from, the name? Uh, I think my wife kind of came up with it. But we, we do have uh, ravens that um, are, are here very frequently. In fact, I think they nest here every spring, uh, which we actually appreciate because uh, some people might consider them a nuisance. But uh, anytime a hawk or any sort of predator bird shows up, they run it off. Uh, so it keeps our chickens safe and, you know, other anything else safe from from the potential, you know, hawks getting them. So we appreciate it. So she kind of came up with the thing. Uh, and I think I wanted to just use Ravenwood. And then, of course, you do some name searching and things like that. And uh, a lot of it wasn't available, already being used. Uh, the domain was already being used, but not active. But I wasn't going to pay somebody a bunch of money for that domain. So, <laughs> so I get uh, you. It gets expensive. I was looking at a couple of yeah, yeah, there's a guy that has been squatting on toolmantim.com for years. Oh, no kidding. And all it is is his link to his Twitter bio. And I'm like, no, I'm not even oh, going to it. It's fine. Yeah. You know? yeah. But you know how often people are like, when I say toolmantim.co, I'll write it down. And then occasionally somebody's like, I think you forgot the M. I'm like, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. And I think .co is becoming a, little, a lot more popular. So people are a little more familiar with it now. For sure. Yeah. I, 
so you guys, did you redo your logo recently too? A little bit, or I did. I, I use Fiverr. Um, I'm not. I, well, I kind of want the 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 lettering a little different, but you know, I'm good with what it is for now. And uh, but yeah, it just did redid that. I had per your recommendations, I reached out on Fiverr and had someone redo it. So nice. And and I have yeah. a couple different versions. So he he made me a couple versions. So it's pretty cool. You can always go back and I've, there's been times where I've taken a logo that I'm like, ah, it's pretty good. And then I'll send it to another creator and have them tweak it a bit because, yeah. you know, you own whatever they create for you, which is, that is handy, you know? Yeah, it was, it's just, you know, you know how it works on like social media platforms. Some, some things fit perfectly and some don't because if some want a circle, some are oblong, you know, like you just never know. So sometimes the logo, you're like, oh, this looks great. And then it doesn't work quite freely for that social media platform so and when you said you're almost a veteran or i mean i guess depending on what your definition is but you are really really close now aren't you yeah yes yeah so september 2nd i sign out what we call uh terminal leave it's basically the remainder of my vacation time i gotta burn up uh officially i will no longer be part of uh the roles in the army in uh one december so okay this year so and um, I know I didn't bring you on to talk military all evening, but I always love to pick your brain a little bit. So yeah. what if you're OK, so if you're retired service, are you still like one of the first people that would be called up in like a draft or if uh, no, know, no, like today, like, you know, I'm sure you probably saw the recent news about the IRR. So that's like inactive ready reserves. Yeah. So everyone's contract, no matter what they sign up for, is eight years. Usually they'll do four or six, like for my job field, it was six because tech, usually the more technical jobs require six because they invest a little more money in the beginning and training. So they wanted to get a little more time out of you. So um, the, um, um, I, not to say I couldn't be. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I, I don't want to jinx, you know, yeah, there's exactly. Always, there's always a, a certain level of signature that could, override my retirement or whatever but because <laughs> my my required uh service time would be 26 years i think if i remember right. they always change the end dates per your rank of how long you could serve um so it uh yeah i could technically be extended or denied or whatever but i think at this point they're i'm too close for them to mess with so or at least I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nope, that's good. That's enough of that. Then I was just curious. I was like, yeah, I'm excited for you. I, I know we yeah. actually, we talk about this, guys, the importance of meeting up in real life, but uh, it was really nice. Uh, Jake was at the uh, Thrivalist Fair. In yeah, Andy that was Washington. And That was I, my favorite part by a mile was just all of us sitting around shooting the shit that evening. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I definitely got the, uh, gave me the bug to try to try to fit more of those type of events in my in my schedule in the future so it's hard to leave those and not be a little bit fired up isn't it mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> okay so i intentionally didn't really dig into this topic sometimes i do sometimes i don't because sometimes it's fun to to learn as we go on the fly you know i kind of have an idea but what in the hell is this whole mesh comms thing that you wanted to come and talk about uh so the um so mesh communications it could be when if someone uses that term, you know, just to remove some confusion, there is, it is, it is literally someone that could any, uh, there are certain radios out there in the military, especially in the special operations community 
uses some of this technology. Um, that's different. What we're going to be talking about is the LoRa protocol. Okay. Uh, and we'll talk that protocol, of course, a little bit more in depth in future. But uh, example I like to use, because uh, my wife's always asking me about this, because I've been really deep diving on it lately. What is all this about? <laughs> and um, of course, she sees all these random things laying around the house, you know, and like, what is this? And, uh, okay. um, but it, so I like to use the example cause I, I think it works for most is like, think if your cell phone, uh, each person's cell phone could connect to each cell phone in a city. And instead of using the cell towers, it used the phone to get the message to wherever it needed to go. Um, okay. that's kind of a very, very basic idea of what mesh communications is and the more phones you have in an area the bigger and you know especially if they're spread out uh the bigger your network could be so hmm. it, it technically could be endless but uh, there's always limitations to everything <laughs> so so how how did you how did you get into this what what kind of got you uh, so it, yeah it was actually while i was in korea and i don't i think it was one of the ham channels i actually follow on youtube um, ham crash course. I think it's the, what, uh, his channel, uh, pretty popular ham radio channel. He did a video on it. And I was like, Whoa, what is this? So I ordered a couple of the devices and, um, the, the kind of the most popular ones are these, these T beams. Uh, and these, this is in a case. Um, okay. but, but this is what it looks like with the, the face of the case off. So, okay. um, uh, and I think there's actually a joke out there. Um, there's a shirt. I think someone made this. It's not a bump. Uh, it's because it does look a little <laughs> intimidating mm. to some people. Yeah. Um, it's just got a battery in the bag. It, it, and an antenna, you know, those type of things. But, um, and I was like, wow, that is really cool. I'd never heard of this. And then I started um, with delays and shipping and so on and so forth. There was, it only do a limited uh, amount of testing while I was in Korea. And then when I got home, I was, course 15 months of past due things here on ribbon Oak acres <laughs> that i needed to take care of uh so it kind of got put on the back shelf and then i was like you know i really liked dealing with this a couple months ago and i was like i really need to like it was actually thrivalist that made me think about it um because oh, there was a lot of conversations about a lot of topics or preparedness but no one was talking communications right and the amateur radio and other radio source have been kind of I think beaten up pretty well. I mean, I think there's enough people that are talking about that, that, um, it, you know, if you don't, if you're not interested, you're just, you're just not interested like the amateur mm -hmm. radio part. So, um, so I thought, well, maybe this is something I could introduce to the community, uh, the preparedness community, cause mm -hmm. there is a huge following for mesh communications, but it's more kind of the techie side of people, uh, on, on YouTube and the internet and so on and so forth. So what's the typical use case scenario of this for your non-prepper at this point? Um, so uh, there's, I think it really started with uh, doing some reading. It's actually the paraglider community. It was actually started using them okay. because they could have them on their paragliders. And then uh, just to, you know, deep dive a little. So basically once you have one of these devices, that's um, it's connected to your phone and then you use an app on your phone to send SMS messages. Um, so, um, 
they were so they started using uh, a lot of outdoor type enthusiasts started using like people you know atv riders and things like that that's kind of where even um uh like off-road type people used them and stuff so that's kind of i think where it got its uh game there's actually a commercial version of it called gotenna um, oh sure yeah i've heard and, of that but i think the gotennas require some sort of subscription right so um so then there's there's that uh, part of it where people are like i mean they're still around i just don't know how actually popular they are they're i think it's like a hundred plus for a pair so welcome to the 2020s where the entire life requires a subscription fee hey it's yeah yeah everything. that's the pay pay to play type mentality is everywhere yes yes so you said text messages or sms's is it is this a voice thing as well or is it um mainly just no, so the, the laura protocol is um so it, laura stands for long range right and um so in north america i believe in canada obviously you're part of north america but it's <laughs> okay there's different regions that require different frequencies um so the 950 megahertz range is what the floor devices use here in north america okay and right. um so with that, you connect to your phone through an app, the Meshtastic, which you'll hear that term used a bunch, but Meshtastic is the firmware that's loaded onto okay. the device. Um, and Meshtastic is kind of the, most people will call it the same thing. Um, they'll, they'll refer to it as like Meshtastic device. And it really, it's not a Meshtastic device, but everyone understands what they mean if they if they know anything about it because they're they're kind of the leading the charge for this whole technology it's open source um that was so my next question it's a hundred percent community driven so there's no they, they run off of donations and then people just willing to work uh, so they're constantly doing updates like i'm i'm a few versions below but the version i'm using stable so sometimes okay. you you kind of have to Play around with it because i upgraded to one of the versions a while ago and it didn't work so i reverted back to the old version and now they have a more stable version but so the little bomb looking device with the uh the the, the antenna on it what did you call that again so t-beam uh so this one i just i have the face off the the case here and these sure. are 3d print, 3d printed cases just to show people um so LilyGo is a company that makes these. And of course, you know, they are out of China. Um, you can go directly to LilyGo's website or you're going to go to AliExpress and order them. You're pretty much going to see them see about the same ship times. Now it's around, like for me, it's about two weeks to receive. And it is coming from, from China. Back when I was in South Korea, it was, um, uh, gosh, it was almost 45 days to get uh and that was shipped i had it shipped home to the states because i was coming home for leave so um but yeah it, it took but that was of course during some of the effects of the supply chain stuff from the pandemic so um but now like i said about two weeks to get from from uh from lily go to your and then there's other manufacturers i can i'll show like like there's a one called rack and this one is more intimidating looking, <laughs> but um, this one's getting ready to be an outdoor uh, solar node. So it's nice. connected to solar. So, so 
Are they just um, like a Raspberry Pi type device or are these like proprietary type items? Uh, no, I, I mean, they, they kind of are. Andrino, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Andrino. They're, they're kind of in that category. There is some on the coding side, which I'm not a coder. So, um, but because some of the, a lot of the people in the projects are really into the coding part and they'll pull up um, Python, I think is one of the coding terminologies okay. yeah, that, yeah. Uh, you know, that you use. Um, and they'll manipulate them to make them do what they want them to do so they can ch change some of the settings. Um, but yeah, so once, I guess to get down to the basics, once you get a device, you're going to have to um, update it because it's always going to come. It's the firmware is going to be outdated. So right. even if you have that the Mesh-tastic app on your phone, um, it's going to, when you try to connect it via Bluetooth, um, it's going to say, hey, the device's firmware is too outdated. You need to update firmware. Uh, Mesh-tastic.org is a great resource for that. Step-by-step -step instructions how to update them. Pretty easy. Um, uh, and once you get them updated, then, um, then you're, you can connect it to your phone. And once you've connected to your phone, then you can create channels. Uh, you can, I, I think it's up to eight, or 12 channels. Uh, I've never obviously maxed that out, but you can create your own channel and then you can start communicating between devices. Uh, huh. now, um, if you're in an area where there's other channels you can there's a lot of forms and other sources you can go on to um like one of the big ones is um discourse not discord because there is a discord group but for the longest time i thought they were talking about discord because every time i heard someone say it there's a mesh discourse page where there's tons of resources and you can find a lot of times in your own little community maybe where there's other people and then they'll send you an invite through their channel and then you can communicate with them. So I've got so many questions. I guess yeah. <laughs> one thing I, I want to ask before we just, while it's fresh on my brain, but so I know that ham yeah. is very much anti encryption. I think like it's basically illegal to send encrypted things. Correct. Correct. Now these have to, I, I'm guessing they run on the bandwidth that's similar to the old cordless phones, don't they? Kind of in the 900 megahertz range? They right? do, they do. So, um, and they are AES-256 encrypted. So ah, cool. Now, okay. you can enable a, a license mode in them if you're a ham, if you're a licensed ham radio operator. Okay. However, then you can't communicate. It, it, it basically increases the amount of power you can use. But then you can't, then you can't communicate encrypted. So now there is a weakness because I'm sure some people will think this. The weakness is going to be this, right? So they're like, hey, it's encrypted, but if your device is compromised, because it could be a tablet, you can they have apps for Android, Apple, and then there's a web base. If as long as you have some sort of Chrome, Chromium uh, based uh, browser, uh, Brave or Google Chrome. Uh, I think there's a few others out there. Um, you can actually use, you know, um, you know, a tablet or a, a laptop or whatever to communicate via one of these devices. So, so maybe we better. How about we talk about how to set all this up before I keep asking all these random questions? Because you might okay. you yeah. might answer them as I go along. Because I'm yeah. <laughs> my 
brains in about eight, eight directions because <laughs> it's pretty intriguing. Yeah. So yeah, so start with what you need to buy, where you you know where you place it, all of that kind of. Okay, so what I'm going to tell right now, my current recommendation is to start off with this is a Lily Go T Echo. Um, so this one is the reason I'm recommending this one to most people that are trying to get started is it's as plug and play as you get. It comes with the case you see here, comes with everything you see. Um, and it's other than having to update the firmware, um, it's ready to go. It has it already has a battery versus if you buy one of the T-beams, um, it comes with the this. You can, the screen, which um, the screen has to be soldered on. So Ooh. if you don't know how to solder, now you can get them pre-soldered, you're gonna pay a little bit more. But they don't come with, they take a 18650, you know, battery in the back. They don't come with the battery, so you got to provide the battery. The cases you can buy off of Etsy that are 3D printed or like myself, I currently purchased a 3D printer. And um, so I've been printing my own. Um, uh, some of these cases I did purchase, but since then, I since I've gotten that case, I printed my own. So this one, once you have it, of course, I would recommend, of course, buying two. Uh, because who are you going to communicate? Unless you already know somebody that has one, and you're you plan on communicating with them, they traditionally come with a usually a pretty bad antenna. I haven't done any of the antenna testing myself, but I'm going to take the word for a lot of other people online that claim that a lot of the antennas, that the stock ones, are kind of trash. So there's some upgrades and recommendations. Once you got the devices, download the Mesh Taxes app from. Uh, meshtastic.org and then of course like I said there's Android Apple and then you could use if you don't want to use it on your device you can use or, you know, on your phone you can use it on your computer through that uh, web based uh, browser uh, and then a cool thing is too is your phone doesn't have to have cell service it doesn't it has its own GPS antenna uh, it doesn't need your phone to get GPS, and we can talk the mapping feature here in a, a second. But the um, uh, so you could have you know if a lot of people maybe when they upgrade their cell phone, if they don't give it to you know one of their kids or whatever, they just have it sitting in a drawer somewhere. Well, guess what? You can use that old phone as if you if you don't want to connect it to your current phone for whatever reason, um, then you can use that old phone for that you know to run that. So. Um, and then once you have that, you've updated the firmware, you've connected, you've created a channel, um, and you can start communicating between devices. Um, the channel, once you create it in the app, you can scan, it has a, you, there's a QR code or you can share basically a URL uh, to another device, and then, then it, that device is accepted into that program or into that channel, and then you guys can start communicating. So, or those devices can start communicating. So it's almost like an offline version of, uh, have you used Signal at all, which is like an end-to-end -end yes. encrypt? Yeah. yeah. So it's a bit like a, an offline version of Signal, but with some hardware involved? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, because they, it, all the, you know, if you go to any of the sites, they'll tell you that it's, you know, open source, off-grid, decentralized, encrypted mesh network. So, um, and some people are like off grid. What do you mean you're using a cell phone? Well, like that, like I said earlier, the phone doesn't have to have any sort of service. It's it's just it's it's your it's your way to read the messages. Um, 
So, and, and they do have, um, so if you can see that well enough, there's a little screen on there, right? Oh, so you yeah, can, okay. On the T-beams, you can see the screen uh, and you can see the messages on those. Um, the T-Echo, this one, one of the other reasons I really like it is it only has an 800 megahertz battery, but it has a, the e-reader screen. So like, like your like oh. Kindle style. Um, so it uses very little power. These things burn through in about, it depends on how active they are. Um, they'll, they burn through in about eight to 12 hours. It seems like from my use, this thing, I put it on the charger before this, uh, last night, but it's, it hadn't been on a charger in five days. So, um, and it, like I said, it's only, it's got an 800 megahertz or 800 milliamp hour battery in there. So, so, okay. Then where do you. So those little guys, the little ones there that with the e-reader screen, those are yeah. basically the same device as the larger ones. Are they, they, they serve the same function, right? They do. Yeah. And there's, there's others. Okay. Uh, there, there's, there's a couple other brands. The big brands are Lily Go uh, and then Rack, which is R-A-K. Um, okay. uh, and then there's, yeah, there's, you could really geek out on this stuff. <laughs> so um, there's a lot uh, going on there. And they, the rack ones, there's a uh, Laura Wan, W-A-N. So Laura Wan, which actually can connect to nodes that are connected to the internet. So the oh. nodes ones have the capability of, because um, the Laura protocol is used a lot in the, uh, you can so like the rack one like this one yeah i can i can connect like uh a temperature sensors to it and stuff like that sure. and it can actually give me like local weather temperature or wherever the device is like the temperature and humidity um so there's some of the devices out there are using um uh, like say there's a station way out somewhere and they want telemetry data basically back. It's using that protocol uh, in a lot of different kind of more like scientific world. So did it, the more you read the, yeah, the rabbit holes get deep. <laughs> so so um, I, I, I missed it. What did you call it? What's the small one with the e-reader screen? What's that called again? That's uh, the T echo. T echo. So, yeah. T dash okay. echo. Um, so like, like there. So, okay. But, but um, yeah, they obviously you can buy a pair. Uh, and they said Lily Go has a website. You can go direct to, through them or AliExpress. I don't think you save any money going through AliExpress, so um, it uh, it might be better just to buy on um, uh, Lily Go, in my opinion. So, and how much are they per? These ones I want to say are about fifty a pop. Um, I should have that up here, but I think you can get pairs for around 74, 75, the T beams, obviously without all the stuff. Um, if you get the non soldered screen and you solder the screen yourself, you're, you're looking around $30. Um, okay. but then you've got to provide a battery. Um, if you don't have a 3d printer, then you're buying a $25 case off of Etsy, or you can spend a little bit more depending on, you know, what, seller you go through on uh, etsy so 
but that's the main place. Uh, and you don't have to do that. You can buy, you know, a waterproof case for them and just pop them in the, inside of a, you know, little Pelican. I, I have a couple of those. There's uh, Plano makes a couple. Uh, there's a couple other options you could go that are a little cheaper. Uh, but if you're looking for something that, you know, you can see the display on real easy, you have access to the, because there's a few buttons on the bottom. Okay. Um, you know, in the charge port and so on and so forth, the, um, you know, the cases make it a lot easier to, to use them. So, well, um, how about placement? Where, where are you going to put these? All right. Because you're not, you want them, I, I'm, I'm guessing you want them up and away. So you have better range, do you, or what's the, yeah, of course they're just like any more, most radios, right. Uh, they're line of sight, but the, um, you can, if, if you're working in a urban environment, you know, you could probably get away throwing them in a, in a backpack or some sort of pack. And then, and then, um, you know, of course, uh, but the way I currently have, cause I live, you know, outside the city, but not too far, um, is I have one node that I've put up for testing right now, you know, play around with locations a little bit, but it's a solar node. So it has a solar panel. Um, and an outdoor antenna. So that's kind of my home node, right? And then um, it will, uh, and then each, and then my next process, which I already kind of have one working right now, one of my vehicles, I have one hooked up in there. Uh, the idea for me is to hook it up actually permanently or somewhat permanently into the vehicle to where it's powered off the vehicle. It, it has its own battery, but then it's also powered off the vehicle and then it has an external antenna. So you get better reception, of course, because any device inside of the vehicle with the you know antenna, it's going to, it's range is going to be greatly diminished because you're inside of a metal box. And then even, especially if you got like window tent, window tent can actually mess with uh, oh. signals too. So um, the, so the, my, my idea with that is if I configure each vehicle, in our family, which we have a lot of vehicles, is my my youngest son is getting ready to start his learner's permit. So uh, we're going to have a lot of drivers in our family. So each time one of those vehicles is in and around and moving in and around our city that where we live, uh, that network is expanded. So, huh? Hey, just want to shout out to Don Young, our uh, friendly neighborhood uh, EMS. Good, good, oh, nice. good to have you, brother. He just sent us a super chat. Nice to see you. That's a, a very dapper looking portrait of you as well. So that's good. <laughs> so, okay. What on your property, for instance, like, um, if you, if you want to, how big, how large is your property? So five acres. Um, okay. And we're, we're in a, a valley or a draw, okay. uh, depending on what you want to call it. But uh, we're about 350 feet uh, above sea level. Um our best, you know, line of sight is to the south, which is beneficial because that's where the the city that we live outside of it is located. Um, I can get up to the top part of the property. I'll probably get up to about 380 feet, and that's probably where I'm going to put uh, the more permanent install once I've done more testing uh, to allow me. Because right now I've got, I'm more looking at ranges between about two to three miles, depending on where I'm at. Um, 
So without any other nodes within the city. So okay. that's just from my home out, which is of course going through dense vegetation and then some terrain. So um, the ranges can, can be on average, what they'll tell you is about five, three miles or five kilometers uh, and then up to 10 miles or 15 kilometers. Uh, there is some records out there. And of course they, they use some, some trickery, uh, but <laughs> sure. the um, height, right? Uh, uh, elevation is 208 kilometers. So about 120 something miles. Um, uh, I recently did a video where I tested, so I have a small uh, DJI drone uh, and then mm -hmm. I, I 3D printed a attachment so I could basically attach a, a piece of fishing line and lift the T-beam or the T-echo because it's the lightest one I have. Now there could be, there's some configurations I could do to lighten it up, but I, I wasn't quite sure if it would lift it. It did lift it. Um, and so if you consider that uh, now it's, I could easily go, you know, I went up to 200 feet. Uh, so above where I'm at. So, you know, 500 feet above That's the earth. So, sure. Um, that makes sense. But um, the, the, the 200 kilometer test, they, they used like a weather balloon basically. Ah, uh, um, yes. So, so, you know, they're said if you, and of course, if you, live somewhere it's got big mountains if you go all the way at the top of a big mountain and you you know you can see the city you know 50 60 70 miles away you're probably going to actually hit it um because because it, you do the same thing with a two-way radio you know like a handheld two-way so so and then of course you're limited at that point to the range of your the bluetooth of your device as well right so only yeah well or yes no. true true um um so to be able to send the messages however if you're trying to connect to that so if i'm trying to connect to that node that's up in the air on a drone or a balloon or whatever and send messages through it then yes i am limited by the bluetooth and i, I might i'll probably lose connection but it, the other devices that are on the ground will use it as a relay and transmit your message further so okay so they'll so you could send okay so let me see if i get this right then you could send a, a, a message from your phone to an on-ground device which would then shoot it 200 feet or whatever because it's, at yeah, that it's point, searching it's, for another another node to hit and when that okay. when that node receives that message it will push it out huh, uh, so okay. that's part of the protocol um, there is a limit, I think, uh, how many, if it's in a series, mm -hmm. but if they're in a, more like, say, a spider web, and I'll remember off the top of my head what the limit is as far as, in a, like, in a row. Um, so, say, just for some reason, you're out in a big open train in a straight line. In fact, there was a guy that did some testing. His more, like, overlanding off-road stuff. Mm -hmm. I think he got up to 10 miles, but they used each vehicle had one in the row. And then the, the furthest vehicle was out was like 10 miles. Um, but, um, and that was, that was in terrain that wasn't perfectly flat, but, um, but each device was able to hop to the next, like the message sent by any one of the devices in that, that network 
it was able to well, hop from device to device. So if you have 10 people, 10 devices on that network, does that mean that all 10 people see that message? As long as they're on that channel. Okay. Uh, so the channels are what's the protected part. It is my understanding that I, I've done a little bit digging on this and I, I can't seem to get the clearance. I don't think like if I'm in the city and I'm using this one and I'm sending a message to another one, you know, a, a friend, a family member, whatever, um, it can use other devices to, um, to bounce that message. They won't see the message though, because oh. they're, they're not on that channel. So it works similar. Are, are you familiar with AirTags from Apple? Yeah. 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 So the same type of thing, it kind of piggybacks in the background of a network, but doesn't really yes. let somebody know it's there. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So right. speaking of which, I don't know if you want to go there yet, but there is a, as I mentioned, the GPS function. So I was wondering, I was wondering what that had to do with this. So you can see on the app, uh, there is a, um, a map feature. Um, Oh, and I don't know if you be able to see it that great, but you know, I'm not going to zoom all the way in to so so everywhere. Sure, sure. Right. But uh, yeah, but um, you can see all the people within your channel. You can see where they're at on the map, and then there's guys that are really geeking out. There's some other stuff, other mapping apps you can use to import the data to even give you uh, a more in depth. But you can. There's quite a bit you can already do with with the internal app, the Mestastic app, and the mapping features. So um, you can see their elevation. Of course, everything is in. Uh, I'm sure you'll appreciate this, Tim. But everything is in and uh, uh, kilometers and and stuff like that. So you're gonna see their altitudes and in, in meters and uh, that type of thing. But it's gonna tell you what their altitude is, what their their lat long is. Um, you, you know, what their you, cause you can name each device. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can see, be you know, Tim's, you know, node or whatever. And, and, you know, everyone would know that was you. Um, so, uh, but it pretty cool, but like I said, and they have their own internal GPS antenna. So it's not requiring that it's not getting that GPS data from your phone. So. Oh, okay. So, so you, yeah. So you could have, um, well, I was going to say you could have a device in airplane mode, but you still need, I guess, Bluetooth has to be turned on, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah okay. And that's only to, it's still going to be working when you're, when your phone's not connected to it. So um, it's still going to do, if, if it, if it, someone within that channel, a message comes in, it's going to, it's going to bounce that message or receive that message and bounce it back out. So um, is it going to? Is it going to hold that message until you connect? Like, is it going to stay in there or is it just kind of bouncing it all? Or do you know? Uh, you know, uh, that's a good question. I, I don't think it holds. Uh, I don't think, I don't think you, if you're not connected to it, you're not going to see the message. So. Sure. There's no onboard or not like, even like a RAM. I don't think it has, any, I mean, it has limited memory, obviously, you know, enough for the, uh, um, uh, you know, limited. Yeah. People, I keep seeing people talk about over water. It's yeah. Definitely, I'm gonna, yeah you're gonna you get... wanna, let's talk about that then here. I'll bring yeah. that up. And Haas says, I bet this would work great on the water with no obstructions. Absolutely. And, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Like if, you know, uh, you know, you're kayaking or whatever, or, um, you know, out on, on a 
big expanse of water, I guarantee it'll work really well because there's zero obstructions. So, and then you can change the settings within the device. There's, um, it's going to tell you like long and fast, long and medium, long and short. I can't remember all the different, really short. So like, but that limits the, the size of the message. Like, so you try to type out a whole paragraph or something like that. It might not come through. Um, and then basically they, because they work off of low power and you know, they have, uh, some of the newer devices are close to a watt. Uh, wow. and I guess if you unlock them with the ham side, you can get over a, a water power output, but, um, they it, basically the way the protocol, and I don't claim to understand exactly how that works. Um, but if you go the like long and short, um, it, it'll, uh, you're, you're, you're going to get the most range. Um, but it's going to take it also a lot longer usually for you to receive. So if you do it like the long and fast, I think it is like when you first, I think it's configured for in the beginning, you like, if I send a message on, on one device through one phone and then the other phone in the house, it's like that, like, and yes, I, I think range has something to do with that, but you see in the app, when the message has been received or if it's not received. So oh, okay. it'll, it'll tell you if it hit another node. If it didn't hit another node, you know it didn't hit another node. So, <clears throat> so, and of course, if it's within a channel, you know that those nodes are people you know, or devices you know, at least, so. So you mentioned something being outdoors with like kind of a, a permanent setup with a solar panel. How? do they sell specific solar panels for them or do you have, and how big are they? That that's my big thing is like how, how uh, so it, it, if yeah. someone is looking, uh, so, um, if you're looking to go, Hey, you're not the, the tech person. You don't, you don't want to do any of this stuff yourself. You want to buy the kind of plug and play. There is, there's a couple vendors on uh, Etsy that make like the, outdoor solar nodes you can buy straight off the shelf uh, or they make them they use 3d printers and the the panel i currently have is a six watt panel which <clears throat> is um more than ample uh there's smaller ones that have it it's it's an enclosure kind of like this one okay i think it's a little bigger but the the face cover has a little solar panel on it but they're they're out of stock everywhere uh, whoever the vendor is I'm assuming in China um, is, I don't know if they just can't keep up or, or what, but they're everywhere you go. If you look, they're out of stock, out of stock, out of stock. Hmm. Uh, Cause if you go on racks website, uh, rack wireless, they're actually, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Rockland is like the number one distributor for like the rack stuff. They have those and they don't have them in stock. You go on the Etsy stores, they don't have them in stock. You try to find them anywhere else. You can't find them in stock anywhere. Um, but they're already basically a waterproof enclosure that's already got a solar panel built in and they're they're kind of ready made for you just to mount the device inside of them. Do they make that same sort of version, but for the, uh, the, the smaller one or no? I have not seen one, uh, although I'm not sure why, because it, this, the T-Echo one, uh, I said so far has impressed me uh, because of the fact that it's, has very low power use 
the rack one like this one here is also supposed to be really low power that's why it's a lot of times it's used for the outdoor okay. setup because it'll last a lot longer on a you know small battery and a small solar panel you know is enough to keep it going for who knows you know potentially for, for until you decide to battery stops working or the device dies or whatever so <clears throat> so uh did you did you happen to notice the price on any of those small contained solar systems uh they're they're running um they're over 100 bucks usually okay. uh you know um 120 i think um there's one guy in fact he's the one that um actually that's a different seller but what a lot of these guys, their, their stuff is available, their print files. So if you do have a 3D printer for building a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. <clears throat> their files are free. Now you can't turn around and, of course, print them and sell them, uh, you know, because licensing. But you, if you're printing them for personal use, you know, you know, print as many as you want, it, technically. I mean, you could print them for your friends and families as long as you're not selling them to your friends and family. Then, um, And there's, there's ways that you could if you wanted to really get into that, you could, you know, figure out how to redesign it enough to where it sure doesn't, doesn't meet the licensing. Kind of like the old, um, what was it when they uh, backwards uh, backwards engineered the IBM yeah. computers, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. So uh, also Haas said, uh, where was it? I wonder if it would work on a plane. And I, I'm thinking at that point, you're just, again, raising your line of sight like quite a bit higher, you know? Well, I mean... If you're if you're talking to someone else on the plane definitely um now um obviously i don't know how far we go outside the plane so but um yeah definitely within like if you because that you know a lot of times you end up on a, you're traveling as a family you, unless you want to pay a lot of extra you know you kind of sit where you have to where the cheapest seats are <laughs> so, so you're spread out across the whole plane if you want to be able to message back and forth most planes now you have to you know they got wi-fi but you have to pay to, to access the like the messaging part so it's not even that good <laughs> no it's, not, it's yeah I, i've had a couple where i paid for it because it was a long flight and then it basically didn't work the whole flight i was like well that was a waste of money so yeah, and you think uh, anyway? I, I assumed you'd be able to stream or whatever. Yeah, no, it's not that. It's like emails and yeah. You so can, like, send, like, yeah, messages. What, um, so what are the preparedness or kind of prepping, uh, like focus? Like where where does this help in, in somebody who's setting up um, either a security plan or a comms plan, that sort of thing? Yeah, and I think that you know we talked that a little bit, but it's it's. I think it meets a lot of people's because a lot of people are like, well, you know, Hey, as soon as you key up a radio, right. It, whether it's GRMS or amateur radio, uh, FRS, you know, the bubble wrap radios, um, you know, everyone can hear what you're saying. You know, there's, there's some protocols you could use to maybe somewhat, uh, protect yourself, but, um, and the, but, everyone hears what you're saying they can also find your location really easy uh okay. the plus side to mesh communications period whether it's the lower protocol or not is and especially when you're talking a frequency uh you know like nine nine hundred and fifty megahertz mm -hmm. there's a lot of that there's a 
a lot of background noise uh, in, in a certain area. So for some reason, you didn't want someone to be able to location find you. Um, a mesh network would be very difficult, not saying impossible, because uh, unless you're one of those people that uh, uh, has become a high value target, <laughs> you are probably, uh, you're probably safe. Um, and like I said, the, the weakest part of it would be your phone. If your phone was compromised, then someone can just read, read the messages off your phone. Um, so, and I think it, it's fairly low cost. So that, that is enticing for a lot of people because we get, you know, if you're a prepper or whatever, you get kind of spread thin on some things and you're like, oh man, if I, if I spend, a, I mean, we all know, or if you're, if you don't know on the amateur side, <laughs> my goodness, you can spend thousands and thousands of dollars really easy. Um, so going out and spending even 200 bucks to get set up um, is pretty affordable. I will still say, I will still argue GRMS kind of falls into a good category for a lot of people because it is so readily available. And, you know, here, at least in the States, there's one SEC license for a whole family and there's no test. You just pay for the license and you're good. Um, but it doesn't offer you text messaging. It doesn't offer you, you know, the GPS features. Uh, well, take that back there is uh the garmin devices that have the gps feature but they're you know 400 to 600 dollars a piece so mm. if you got that kind of money good for you <laughs> but um you know, a lot of people are not looking to spend that kind of money on those devices so and um, did we establish that there isn't voice on this it's just text is that right oh yeah because it has to be very small a small sure. packet of data so um so yeah, there is, um, yeah, there is no capability for voice. Okay, no, that's fine. So that, I guess, that, yeah. So, how would you fit this? So would this be? I mean, for around your property, or if you were bugging out in a convoy, or what's kind of some use case scenarios for it? Would you say? I would say, yeah, you hit on one there. If if you, you know own a lot of property it'd be great to set up um network on your property so that everywhere you're at could be potentially connected to one um you know if you own a big farm or something like that it'd be great I, a lot of farmers uh nowadays because of midland what they're doing with the grms world you know there's off the shelf midland repeaters like i see farmers talk about it all the time where they set up repeaters on their own property because you know some some farmers own, you know, hundreds and hundreds of acres. So, um, but, um, or more thousands, but, um, the, I think it'd be great for convoy when you're out on a move, you know, when you're moving somewhere, especially if you're in separate vehicles and then, um, and then of course, you know, anytime you, I mean, because if you consider it, for some reason the, the grid's compromised or the cell service whether disaster or whatever's going on you don't need the cell network to communicate and now you have the ability to communicate within your own community if you've developed one um i, I mean one thing that got me thinking about is uh what was everybody complaining about their thrivalist what was that sorry what was everybody complaining about at thrivalist Oh, the data being or internet being very spotty at the best of times. Yeah. So 
you know, you're at an event that's like that, uh, but you know, that's over, you know, what, 10, 10 acres area spread out, you know, we were probably spread out over, um, you now have an ability to send messages back oh. and forth. And, and of course that's a very limited use case, but it's, it, it's definitely just, it shows you the capability of the system or what it, what can offer. And if, if you can convince enough people um, within an area to, uh, there's a guy in Austin, Texas, um, got an Instagram channel, I think it's called Austin Mesh. Um, he actually convinced uh, college there to let him put a note up on a tower uh, up on the college in the city of Austin. So, um, so he's expanding that city's mesh network. Uh, there's there's a few websites that there's one that uses um remember the name of it, my notes it's called canvasapp.meshtasticmap um but it's it shows if someone registers their their node it'll show you in your area there's a node in your area uh, but of course okay. that doesn't you know there's i'm sure there's thousands and thousands of people out there that have never registered their nodes so or you know you never know if they have them active or if they have them on all the time or if they just turn them on when they use them so so i wonder is is there uh, maybe you don't know this but can you have your device in like a a constant send mode so that if you're driving around and you're not aware of them of um you know a mesh device that when it catches it it'll send it it, it already will so oh, that's a part okay. of it that's in the it, in the, the firmware. Ah, very cool. I I wanted to read this comment here from Gunfighter Concealment. It said they're really cool. I talked to a business owner and told them they can use my device if we can put it on the roof of the manufacturer facility. Now we have a dozen of them spread out in our town. Outstanding. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's cool. That, that's what I'm looking at to try to do here, uh, kind of future initiative because. Um, the western part of Washington State, of course, I-5 runs through that. Uh, if you could get enough of them along, you know, a, a large extent of the, you know, I-5 corridor, the main interstate, um, you could um, you could cover a large area, uh, you know, where people are on the main part of the highway, they'd be able to communicate via those mesh networks. So, so you'd need one every two or three miles, is that the idea, or...? Yeah, potentially. Like, if you have them high enough, you're ten miles. Um, okay. So, if not further, I mean, there's like I said, there's there's cases out there where people are getting much further, but they they have them up pretty high. So, would it be um, be something worth looking into for partnering with like local ham clubs to get on the repeater, perhaps, like to to use it, their repeater antenna? It is, and I, of course, you will have probably a little, you know, <laughs> depending on. Luckily, there is enough hams that actually do talk about it because there is a ham kind of mode of these devices um, that uh, you could you could probably convince uh, a few of them because sure. it, it really it's not going to do anything. It's not going to interfere. It's not going to cause any. You know, it's not broadcasting enough power to interfere with any other uh, antennas or any other repeaters. So. Uh, as long as you can find some that are open-minded enough, uh, I think you can convince them. So, Do we know if it itself can be interfered by stronger antennas nearby? Uh, if they're broadcasting on 
within that range potentially okay. but i think i think that i'd have to look at the spectrum thing but i i think there's there's quite a bit of limits to how how high or everything within that 900 megahertz range tends to be pretty low power so sure and we're not in a legal gray area when dealing with an encryption in this it's totally an acceptable no, use 100 acceptable they all the devices have an fcc id on them uh which you know most your most your baofangs and stuff like that a lot of those don't even have fcc ids on them which technically makes them illegal if you talk to people that are very picky about that stuff which I'm not one of those amateur radio guys. Uh, I, you know, I'm in a Aries team, which is an amateur radios and mercy services team. We're in my local area. Most of the guys, even though they're almost all they're me, except for like two, um, they, uh, they're not. That's why I like them. They're not. I've ran into those hams before that are uh, very purists and you know hate anything that's not ham. <laughs> so, sure. So, but. so um, what are, I mean, I guess we've kind of talked a little bit about it, but we've talked about the benefits for sure, but there's got to be some drawbacks and limitations too. Yeah, hundred percent. The range is the first one, right? Um, I would say second is, is your entry barrier, barriers to entry, uh, just like anything else, you know, this, like, that's intimidating for most people, right? This yeah. this thing, like what world I can't. That's that's why once I learned about the the T Echo, I was like, okay, this I could probably promote to people and get a lot of people interested because they're like, okay, that's it looks like a little tiny walkie-talkie, right? You know, sure. it's very simple. Um, and then there is a mestastic is is removed a lot of the intimidation factor with their easy to upload but you got to update firmware which is it's not super complicated you know you connect your device to your computer um and it's you go to a web uh page basically and you select your device and you say hey this is what i want it's pretty simple most people wouldn't uh you know if they're at all like if they know how to update the software on their computer or their phone you other than connecting it to a device. It sounds, you know. Is it similar? It sounds similar to say updating your, uh, like your, uh, your, your modem, your, your wireless modem, that sort of, have you ever, you know, kind of logged in, you go to a, you put in your, your URL or your, yeah. you know, your number based one and just go in and, and run the updates. IP address. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 And it, it's, it's, and then, the website kind of walks you right through it. There's plenty of YouTube videos that walk you through it. Um, but the, the website does a good job of step-by-step -step, as long as you follow the step-by-step, -step, um, it should work. Now, if you're trying to do some of the, there's some, you know, different configurations and some other stuff like that. Now that's, you need to know what you're doing. And a lot of that stuff, I, I, I stick to the basics on that because I haven't learned any of that and I'm not even ready to learn. I'm still, um, I've been immersing myself for the last about two months into this. So um, really heavy and spending, you know, probably five hours a week, you know, on it, just testing things and trying different configurations. And stuff, so. I see a business opportunity in the future where you could go on to people's properties or you could sell pre-made systems or setup systems, that sort of thing. 
Yeah, and I absolutely think that that's uh, that's kind of where you know I'm I'm playing around with that a little bit. Um, but um, yeah, there's there's a lot of opportunities. For one, uh, you know, the part I was talking about with the drone, with mm-hmm. you know, um, it's because if you're if you really know what you're doing, you could tie one of these devices, make a module basically that is easily adaptable to a commercial off the shelf drone. And it, you could reduce a lot of weight by, for one, it could tie into the drone's battery. Uh, it could tie into the drone's GPS. And then, boom, now it's using the drone's battery and the drone's GPS. So now you don't need its own its own antenna, and it doesn't need its own battery. And when the drone's up, depending on what type of drone you have, you know, your, your run time is 20, 30 minutes. Um, and uh, so you're familiar with Urban Prepper? Yeah, a little bit. Yep. Yeah, he did. He is the uh, uh, Gotenna. Okay. Uh, and then he had a friend that had a fairly large, uh, looked like a kind of a custom build type drone. They they put that thing up at four hundred feet up in Tacoma. He's you know he lives north of me here, and um, I think they got up to about ten miles. And when they were first doing their testing, they're like, "Hey, it's not working. It's not working. This is the total bust." Uh, but they had their, I think he had his dad with him. He never explained who the person was, but he was an older guy. I assume it was his dad. I think his dad obviously knows something about communications. He's like, well, we got the thing inside the metal box. It's not working. We got to get it outside. So they put their device outside and then all of a sudden everything started working. So, so I, uh, okay. I'm just kind of shooting it here, but man, at 400 feet, you should be able to get more than 10 miles. Shouldn't you? Or uh, absolutely. I, you know, they're dealing with, um, well, those are the go antennas. I don't know what their antennas like. Okay. Uh, there's a, there's whole feeds on the uh, discourse about antenna testing. The antennas, everyone pretty much says the antennas they come with are fairly trash. Uh, so if you upgrade, I've upgraded antennas already and seen some pretty big difference. I'm waiting for quite a few more to show up. Uh, so. I can do more testing to kind of prove that out. Um, but um, yeah, having, excuse me. Um, so those go tennis, I don't know. That makes if sense. You see I, them, they're like one device. They don't have an external antenna. So they probably have just a oh, small okay. little ribbon antenna inside of them. So uh, the range on those are probably pretty limited. Um, so yeah that because okay every time every single episode i do on comms <laughs> i always talk about so my brother-in-law is just exactly 10 miles from me mm-hmm. and we're almost flat if i if where i live right here in the town didn't drop you know 30 meters you know 100 feet or so roughly we would be perfectly flat there's nothing higher between us in those 10 miles so i'm always trying to come up with a way in a worst case scenario Mm-hmm. I'm kind of envisioning like Will Smith in the oh shoot I can't the, the end of the world movie he did in New York City there. Um, oh, uh, dang! Yeah, <laughs> dang, I know. Oh my. Anyway, so doesn't matter. But what is it? I am human. Yeah, uh, I am legend. I am legend. I am legend. There we go. I knew so I'm kind of <laughs> envisioning something where he, you know, he says. Uh, what is it? Every day at noon, I'm going to be at the dock to, uh, transmitting on the radio. So yeah. 
if you needed to have long range communication. Okay. Another example from film would be a quiet place. Have you seen that one? Mm -hmm. You know how they use the fire signals on the top of their grain silos, everybody. Yep. And at a certain time of night, so everybody know they were anyway, I'm kind of picturing, you know, once a day at noon or whenever it would happen to be maybe in the evening or maybe after dark, because you don't need daylight. You send up your drone three, 400 feet. You, yeah. you do, you got 10, 15 minutes of comms. Like, Hey, have you seen anything? What's going on? Are you doing, you know, that sort of thing. And you've got your communication. At least you're not completely in the dark, quote unquote. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's that system has been used, you know, for communications, you know, for years. Uh, so if you look at, um, uh, any of the movies that got like a pilot down behind in the lines, right? Um, uh, so certain times of the day, that's a protocol in the uh, survival schools that they teach through the military, you know, certain times of day is when you're going to make your transmissions and then you're going to receive transmissions. Uh, for one, it's going to save your battery, but two, it's, it's going to limit your exposure. Um, so yeah, you could definitely set something like that up to where, yeah, you send up a drone at, you know, whatever the top of whatever hour of the day and it's up for 20 minutes. So you have a window that it can send and receive messages or relay the messages for you. And then now you're, um, you know, you're expanding your range without having to install devices in between, you know, point A and point B, uh, which if that, if those locations are constantly changing in a, you know, dynamic environment, then, uh, you know, that would be really difficult to do so here's another one if somebody was out doing uh reconnaissance for instance mm -hmm. and you needed to get you know you just uh, you could again maybe somebody's out at, at kind of the the forward the forward line or whatever or or maybe you've got you know four or five miles down the road you have a barricade or security checkpoint or whatever i mean this is but it could be as simple also as uh like a public event or something but I'm just thinking, okay, you've got no other means of communication and you need to get uh, kind of intel back from the front or whatever. You could do that same thing again, like every every four hours check in or, or something along those lines. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so in there, because of their affordable as they are, when we're talking, you know, I yes, I know people can go out and buy a, you know, bail fang for 25, 30 bucks. Um, but if you if you put devices out there and you lose one, I mean, you're not out, you know, a couple hundred dollars. So uh, and it's also encrypted. Don't forget. Yeah. 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 So once I mean, someone has a device, you know. Yeah. Unless they have the phone that's connected to it, then there's not really anything they can do about it. So, so when you're creating a channel, you're basically generating a key at that point, are you? Yeah, it's oh, a unique key. And I think you can create, I, I, I should have wrote this down, but I think it was like eight to 12 channels per, you know, like that you could create on your. Um, but nobody can hack that or nobody else could accidentally create that same key because you said it's like 256 bit encryption yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You wish the AES 256, which is supposedly like one of the hardest encryptions out there. I mean, I mean I'm sure certain alphabet letter agencies if they if they really needed to get to yeah get getting getting that could but we're not talking you know 
that type of stuff. We're talking just uh, basic security to where not everybody knows what you're doing and where you're going and what time you're going to be there and your actual GPS location, which would not be good, right? <laughs> so. I love the the concept again of security by obscurity. You know, you know if 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 enough people put enough eyeballs on you, yeah, somebody's going to break something. But yeah. if you're just little old you or me out, out on your acreage or whatever, and you're not drawing attention to yourself, anybody who's going to happen upon it's never going to be able to access any of that info anyway. No, yeah, I, I laugh about that all the time. I mean, with my 21 years in service, uh, and then. 11 of that years in the special operations community. Um, I, I promise you, you have to, at least for the US military side, private side, have, or the civilian side, I have no clue, but you, you have to do quite a bit to get a, a lot of attention on you. Uh, so a lot of these people that think that they're, they're following them around or whatever. I don't, I don't think they are, unless you got, you know, friends or made enemies in the one of the alphabet agencies, then you're probably okay. So or uh, you know, scorn, scorn, scorn someone close to you who happens to be in one of those organizations, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I remember it was a few years ago now. I think it was the might have been the nightclub shooter. I can't remember. And they, uh, it was was it? They, they didn't have the passcode to the phone, and they ended up. I mean, it came. I think it was an Israeli company that hacked it eventually. And so, I mean, you you've got. Oh, was it the iPhone that that was a yeah, big deal? It was, yeah, yeah and. Be, and yeah. they didn't really want to talk about the fact that they had that technology, but they did. And it was still yeah. really expensive and still took a lot of time. But yeah. again, you have certain certain uh, skills and uh, budgets that exceed some, <laughs> some yeah, small done, countries. You've done something to to justify that that amount of attention for them to spend that kind of money and resources to. So Absolutely. you know, if you're you're small, uh, you know mutual assistance group or what prepper group or whatever you want to call it uh, is using this to communicate basic stuff, but you just want to keep your normal privacy. As long as you're using good, you know, good protocols with your phone, your, you know, or like I said, use a phone that's not connected uh, to, because it doesn't ever have to connect to the Wi-Fi. It doesn't ever have to, you know, it could, it could be offline per se. Uh, if you're really concerned about those things and um but you're going to increase your security right so but any you know any iphone made in the last five years that's sitting in a drawer somewhere typically mm -hmm. once you've set up face face id or uh you know that that's it you can't get into them without it so in, mm -hmm. if you just get in the habit of you know clicking that power button or you know just um I, I don't know what the exact term for that is but just like when i put my phone down i always click the power button so if i pick it up i have to you know, unlock it, right? Yeah. There you go. You, you've got another another layer. You got redundant levels of security at that point. Absolutely. So, do you want to work our way through a couple of these comments here, right quick? And then I. Oh, it sounds like yeah. All right. So, Gunfighter says, "I have an older device. This one's new to me. Do you recommend the 915 megahertz, 868, or the 433? Or have you looked well, into the, those? The 915 is is exclusive approved for the U.S. Okay. Um, now, I think uh, the, f I don't remember the eight, I see, I want to say the eight, six, eight is somewhere in like uh, Asia, but uh, I know the four thirty three is like Europe, um, uh, but they're low power enough that you're, 
you're probably not going to have any problems if you use any of them. Um, the problems that you run into anyone that's using any sort of device that's transmitting um, is if you start causing interference with other things, then people are going to start complaining and reporting some sort of problem. And then if they get enough complaints, the FCC is going to come investigate, right? Uh, when you're talking, you know, very, very little power, uh, it's probably not going to interfere with anything. Um, hmm. You'd have to do a little looking into that, make sure it's like not interfering with some random like medical devices or something. <laughs> uh, and do we know if the 915 megahertz, there's, because you know what's happened over the last while as, as certain technologies have become unused, the FCC has started auctioning off certain portions of the bandwidth. Is there, yeah. do we know if there's any threat or, you know, of, of that happening? Ever? Not that I'm, because I think they've moved, everything seems to be moving into the, you know, the gigahertz on that sure. side. Um, but 915 still used quite a bit uh, for like low power stuff. So I think they've kind of reserved it for low power, uh, okay. any low power devices. So it seems to be fairly safe, at least from what I've heard, you know, or, or read. Okay. I wonder, do pagers run on that as well? Or is that a different thing again? I wonder. Is what? Sorry. Pagers, you know, doctors, uh, a lot of doctors still use pagers and I don't know. Because they, they love that. I remember them saying that, um, at least years ago, that the 900 megahertz cordless phones had really good was, uh, shorter distances. I can't remember. or they, But they could penetrate better, whereas the higher frequencies didn't penetrate as well. That's why yeah, they... You know, yeah. that's a, I'd have to look into that, but that's probably that's a good possibility. Because yeah, I remember the old cordless phones we had you know, growing up, and they were all in the 900 megahertz range i'm pretty sure so yeah and then they started coming out with 2.4 and 5.2 gigahertz and they had a lot longer range but they weren't able to penetrate surfaces very much you know so they were yeah. great in an open area but not so much to get through a wall or anything yeah once you started adding barriers yeah uh, we kind of touched on this, but I thought, I know there, you know, it never hurts to, to retouch, but uh, Haas said, are they encrypted or other people can see the messages? So we, we've kind of. Yeah, as long as they're on here. your channel, uh, they can see the message. Nobody else can see the message. A gunfighter. In fact, they don't even know that that device doesn't, just like you talked about with the air tags, that your device doesn't know that another, uh, you know, uh, air tag, like, ping that device. Location. There is similar, I believe, apps that you can get for different smartphones that will allow you to use Bluetooth as kind of a mesh network, isn't there? Because I want to. Yeah, say, I think I've heard of that, but I've never played around with it. I don't remember which revolution it was, but it was one recent in the last five or six years that they shut the internet down to kind of quell things and they ended up using these kind of ad hoc mesh networks with Bluetooth to get information around. And of course that's much more conducive in a urban environment than a, you know, a rural environment. Yeah. And like if you're doing a, a rally of some sort and you're a big group, right. Uh, you know, like I think they use like Bluetooth and they can use, uh, uh, what's that? You know, nearby devices or what are you going to like, like with the iPhones you can do the, Oh, like uh, the internet of things type. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, the Internet of Things is tied pretty closely into the LoRa protocol stuff, um, especially the LoRa WAN. The um, 
remember what WAN stands for right now because I, I just learned about Laura WAN like a week ago. I was like, what is, it, what is, is that like wireless access network? I think it is something like that. Yeah, but because okay. you can have a node that's connected to the internet and now I can send. Uh, so now I'm starting node. to think about smart vehicles and interconnected vehicles and how, you know, if they're interconnected already, could you possibly, you know, not hijack, but could they kind of piggyback onto this sort of thing eventually, I wonder? Yeah, yeah, potentially. I mean, most most cars now have a a, a GPS antenna of some sorts. Uh, you know, could tie into that for the GPS signal uh, through a, a splitter of some sort. Um, so you've got you know hundreds or thousands of vehicles every hour passing on the interstate. Each one of them acting as a a wireless hub or a wireless transceiver. You know, a mesh yeah, transceiver. Sorry, kind of about that my one vehicle, I have a a DMR DMR radio, so digital mobile radio. Uh, okay. And it has GPS antenna that's mounted. I was like, I wonder if I could just tie into that GPS antenna somehow, or huh. my for my mesh node, and um, instead of having the, the little tiny uh, GPS antenna that's on the mesh node. So I love geeking out on this stuff. <laughs> Gunfighter says, will the T-Echo work with no cell service as long as you download the app beforehand? Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. If, you got, if you got the app, you're you're up and running. The only, you, okay. and I guess the caveat to that would be you got the app and then you update. I don't know why they always send these with the uh, really old firmware on them. I, probably because they have thousands of them sitting on shelves, but they, the firmware tends to be pretty old, so you need to update the firmware easily to because the latest version of the app is going to be looking for a I don't know how far back they go, but um, they definitely every time I've gotten a device, every time I connect to the device with my phone, it always tells me, hey, this the firmware needs to be updated on that device. So uh Yozik came in late, but I know we've mentioned the product, but I'll get you to answer that one more time. Uh did you mention a specific product? And I guess the main the main one was echo right yeah so lily go if you just go to their website well the lily go you're going to see a bunch of different they have have a some pretty wild stuff on there they got watches and i'm not i haven't even dived into the, any of that but this the t echo is definitely my recommended they they do sell the t beam um which is another one i have i have four of these um and then <clears throat> um so if you're a little more technical the T-beams are pretty great, um, but I would say definitely entry uh, level, the T-Echo is probably the way, what I'm recommending right now. Is and how do you spell Lily Go? It is L-I-L-Y-G-O. Okay. Just the way it sounds. Then. Cool. Um, Haas says, use this in an RV nomad tribe camp area would be great too. People... Multiple Absolutely. people living on a property and sending messages to each other or the group. Haas is thinking outside the box. I like that. Yeah, that is good. That's... I mean, if you're a big festival, you're, you know, anywhere in a big group, it would be, um, it would work like that. And, and yeah, I know like people are like, well, I can just use my phone for that. And that is always the barrier to immersive communications because everyone always just tells you why do I want to get a radio and I can just use my phone. And I'm like, uh, you know, technology's improved dramatically. Uh, done quite a bit of research on this. The, a lot of the cell companies are doing a really good job. They have mobile uh, vehicles to help restore 
yes. self-service areas, um, and which is great, but you can't always count on them. You know, right? Because if it's a wide-scale disaster, they're going to be limited in their deployment, and even if they bring in more ass- assets from outside the local area, it's going to take a while. So at some point, you're going to need to be able to, or you're going to want the ability to potentially be able to communicate with, you know, friends and family. So here's or, a yeah. perfect example. Last night, my wife and I went to Bill Burr. So it was uh, there was ten thousand people there in an outdoor field. Now, um, if, if where we were sitting, you know, there was still probably a thousand people kind of in the front area. And if you wanted to order drinks, they, they're like, um, you know, don't go stand in line, use the app. So you, you scan a QR code in order to order oh. drinks. Well, that was awesome. It worked great at first when we first got there. But once there was 10,000 people in the field, crash uh, <laughs> you could not, I could not access that again. It would yeah. sit and spin and spin because no matter, you know, I mean, I don't think they had much. Uh, I don't think they brought in any outside network or, you know, beef the network up for that event. But it that's it. You you just had everybody trying to access it once. Uh, it was kind of cool, though, because when Bill Berg was on, you got to put your phones in a Faraday pouch. They give you each one that locks and you can't have it opened until you walk out at the end of the evening. So that was pretty cool yeah it allowed you to be really present and enjoy it and also probably people not leak his stuff but anyway i'm beating yeah Yeah. go ahead oh yeah you know i cell networks can easily get overloaded i mean i've seen it in military training there's a couple of training centers around the united states right the one in california and one in louisiana they're big training centers well when people go out to the what they call the box right it's it's usually about a two-week period of time a lot of times their cell phones are taken away or, you know, they're going to get in trouble if they get caught with them. So communications or they're so far away from cell towers, they don't even get reception anyways. So when they get outside of that after two weeks, you've got, you know, 10 to 15,000 soldiers, maybe maybe even just 5,000 that are also now all trying to connect to that tower to contact their loved ones and talk to home and so on and so forth because they haven't had their phone in two weeks. And, you know, especially today's generations, they're like, oh, my God, it gets to a point where you can't even send like a simple test text message that says hi, like it, it won't go through, like it gets mm. so overwhelmed. Uh, so that's a great example of disasters is as soon as something happens, what do people do? They get on their phones to try to tell family, friends, whatever, that they're OK or get a hold of family and friends to see if they're OK those networks get overwhelmed so there's always there's always room for an additional you know device in your in your communications plan that may help you uh stay in contact with those that you want to stay in contact with well we know the old saying but you know two is one one is none and i like to add three is a guarantee so why not have multiple avenues of communications you know absolutely so where do you see the future of this where where's this going down the road that uh yeah, what do you what do you see well, happening with it? What I what I kind of hope to do is at least through my channel, um, and of course being on here. That's one of the reasons I asked to be on here was to to help kind of. It it seems like there's a there's a there's a small niche in the preparedness community that that, that recognizes that it's a, a good capability to have, mm-hmm. and um, but I, I want to expand that. I want to try to expand that because. Uh, 
if we can expand that network, uh, the more devices you have running, the, the bigger your network is. Um, the fact that it's open source is going to help us continue to make improvements. There seems yeah. to be a lot of traction and then some really smart people that, um, you know, have, you know, uh, you know, electrical engineering degrees and things like that, that I, stuff I do not qualify for, but that are really behind a lot of this and enjoy it. So you're, you're always going to get, it's not going to be, you know, it's, it's not the next CB radio, you know, it's not going to die. Uh, you know, and I know some people might argue that CB hasn't died, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, um, it's something that we could continue to grow. And if we could get enough people on board, said that you could start creating because uh, there's when you get to like antennas there's i've been doing a ton of searching for antennas and you have to kind of get outside your your normal searches get away from amazon start searching actual companies that are making this type of stuff um but someone could make it so easily can make an antenna that would include the antenna and a gps antenna in one device that would mount you know the little kind of shark blade style antennas that are on cars today. Mm -hmm. That's it. Most of the time, that's your your FM receiver antenna, and it's your GPS for your satellite radio. It's all in one. Well, right. Like, like I said, if you could just get somebody to go, oh, there's a demand for this. Let's create this product, uh, and then boom, you could start installing these on vehicles, and it doesn't look like anything else. It just looks like a normal little antenna on a vehicle. Most people, I mean, I even know people within my my amateur radio community that like they always use mag mount antennas because they're like, oh, my my wife won't let me mount an antenna to my truck or whatever, you know, because they don't want the, you know, so so even within that community, there's people that are like, no, no antennas, so they have a mag mount like in their trunk and they get it out and put it up when they need to communicate. So, um, you know, it's and I know, especially if you go. Go to your wife and say, "Hey, I want to put this antenna on your vehicle." And be like, no, <laughs> "Yeah, you're not." But if it looks like everything else, they're not even. I'd say, "No, don't tell them." But they're probably not going to be like, "Oh, whatever." That just looks like it. Yeah, looks like it belongs there. So, I just see that if we can get enough traction behind it, uh, you're going to get people to realize there's a demand for a product and start creating products that are going to help. And and I hope to kind of keep pushing that through my channel and then. Um, I know I'm working on potentially, you know, uh, put this out there, I guess if I put it out in the universe, it's going to happen, but, <laughs> um, you know, going to things like thrive list or whatever, and actually talking this with people to try to help promote it. So nice. Uh, I would love that. Yeah. So, I'd sit in on that in a heartbeat because I, you know, whenever you're learning something new, you got to hear it a few times before it sinks into the old melon. Well, this was great, Jake. I really appreciate it, man. This was we killed 90 minutes like nobody's business. Uh, yeah, I know. I just looked up the time. I was like, wow. Okay. So so how do people follow up with you, brother? So make sure they can support you and follow your content and that sort of thing. Well, uh, yeah. So number one uh source I always tell people to go to because you know I have to self-promote my website, the, yes, you the ravenwoodacres.com. Uh, of course, because had to add the the in there to get the domain, but um and then, and then Ravenwood Acres, uh, you know, on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. I'm not very active on Facebook, but uh, and then of course I have. I, I think I sent you the analytics. I'm on um, Noster through, uh, and then 
MeWe and all, all the other ones, Odyssey, all those. I, I got I got some sort of presence on them all. So awesome. I'm gonna just throw up. I've already shared it everywhere, but there's Jake's YouTube channel as well. So give him a subscribe, yeah. guys. To you're coming up on three thousand subscribers, aren't you? Yeah, I'm hoping to get there by the end of the year. It's we'll see. We'll get you there. That'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Jake. I really appreciate it, man. If if you want to hang in the back for a second, I'll close up Absolutely. and I'll be back with you. Well, guys, I hope you you learned something new from this because this is, uh, I, I know I did. I, that's part of the reason sometimes when a guest reaches out and says, I want to talk about a topic that I only have maybe just the faintest or passing kind of interest or idea in. There's real power in learning something live and chatting with something as chatting with someone else who's a, you know, an expert or at least further because jake will be like i'm not an expert don't call me an expert but he's a lot further down the road of discovery in this topic than a lot of us are and that's exactly how we all learn you know on, on the shoulders of one another and i love it and it, literally we create a mesh network of information throughout all of these different communities as somebody gets interested or passionate about a topic then they share it then they share it then they share it and this is exactly how we do it so share the gospel of the mesh network out there to all the other um, adjacent communities that you're a part of. But beyond that, guys, make sure you uh, support Jake. Jake is just an awesome guy and he's got a lot of content. He's going to be uh, prior service here pretty soon and have some time to put out some pretty cool stuff. I just, I love seeing what he comes up with. So make sure you support him folks. And, you know, as always, I just appreciate you being on here. Uh, especially for a Monday evening. We got lucky. We had a thunder and lightning storm the whole time that I've been on and uh, we didn't lose. So there we are, guys. As always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week.